Before we hit the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day, I know it's you sent this to me. Jim and Arlington sent it to me as well. I don't. Am I a bad person if I don't care how people pick where Oklahoma is going to finish? No, you're not a bad person for that. I, don't I mean, it's not going to get us bent out of shape one way or the other. I mean, it's people get all mad, and all, and and I'm not saying you shouldn't be. That's fine. That everyone has their own way, but I mean, it's it's their opinion, and if they're putting their money behind it, okay, well, they're going to pay the price and be wrong. And they're not going to get fired for it. It's like, well, maybe in the gambling world. If, at some point, people have to be good at picking games. I know that that's a wild thing, but with gambling being as omnipresent as it is, at some point, people have to be good at their job and not just, oh, he's good. Look at how he picked them. He picked them. That's crazy. He was wrong. Oh, he's 40 games under 500. Oh, no big deal. But I don't get bent out of shape. If someone plays OU under nine, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But since the Fleeka thing has been sent to me so much, you want to play it here real quick? Yeah. Let, okay. Let's hear what the Bear had to say. The question was posed over under win totals for new coaches in new places. I, I think in a lot of instances, people handicap first-year head coaches as an improvement. And it's logical. It makes sense. That's why the school is bringing in a new hook, a new coach, because they think the team will be better. But often – there are instances where the reason the head coach is being brought in is because the team isn't very good and the coach may have to weed some people out and the team is going to be potentially worse than what they were a year ago. And, and you mentioned Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is a team that I did play under nine and a half. Uh, and it's not because I oh. don't think Brent Venables <laughs> isn't going to be a good head coach. Um, it, it's because I, you, know, you look at Oklahoma's schedule and there have been some Oklahoma fans who – or like, oh, there's no way they don't win 10 games. And where are they going to lose? And I'm like, where are they going to lose? Texas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, Nebraska, Kansas State. Like, like, like take your pick. Like, even with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams last year, no team in the country won more games decided by a touchdown or less than Oklahoma. Like, are they going to do that again with a roster that, yes, I know the, the Dylan Gabriel, Jeff Levy connection going back to UCF, but you lose a majority of your playmakers. You lose almost your entire defense. Uh, it, it's a team that won a bunch of close games last. Are you going to do that again? And they've been upset by, by Kansas State as a big favorite before. They've been upset by Iowa State as a big favorite before. It happened. They, they very easily could have lost to Nebraska last year, very easily could have lost to Texas last year. Are they going to win these close games again? So uh, I, I, got, I got Oklahoma at under 9.5 at minus 110. So uh, I feel pretty good about that. Nah. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> feel pretty good about that. Here's the thing. Like I said, I don't care. Who cares? He literally said they've lost to Iowa State as a big favorite. You're going back five to six years ago now. I mean. Yeah, it's not like super recently. I'm picking Appalachian State because, you know, they beat Michigan in the big house. Yeah, like, back in 1972, they beat them. <laughs> I really like this. Uh, I like this opportunity for USC to – to to beat Alabama because in or excuse me uh, Alabama to to fall to Texas because back in 1932 the Bear Bryant got beat you know I mean it's just, sometimes I think we try to get too carried away in our justification and things don't care and you need three of those to yeah. go against Oklahoma and maybe it happens we'll see.
Top five stories today are brought to you by Newcastle Casino, where real gamers come to play. Newcastle Casino is conveniently located off I-44 at exit 107. 14 table games, blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Baccarat. Also join us at Newcastle Casino every night for Midnight Moolah, where you are a winner. Big story number five. Number five. Some NIL news coming out of Lubbock this morning where front office sports is reporting that Texas Tech women's basketball players will each receive a $25,000 NIL deal from Level 13, an NIL marketing agency. It's the largest NIL deal of its kind for a women's basketball team. They uh, uh, Apparently, they'll each receive $25,000, and there's not really much more details other than that. So kudos. I want to see women's sports on the same level as men's sports when it comes to NIL. I know that's not going to be possible for football. Uh, that's just going to be on another level, and maybe basketball to a certain degree. And that's fine. I'm, I'm good with that. But I want to see softball. I want to see women's basketball. Um, I want to see women's gym. Everything uh, on par with what's going on as far as the market is concerned. So kudos to all of y'all in Lubbock. Big story number four. Number four. <laughs> So we were all kind of on Charles Barkley watch, and yesterday he played in the Pro-Am with Live Golf, had this to say about the Live Tour when asked afterwards about it. They have not offered me anything, and uh, that's fine. Uh, like I say, uh, I'm going to support the Live Tour and the PGA Tour. Like I say, i got friends on both tours. If they offer me a job, I told them I would listen. They haven't offered me anything. Uh, but uh, like I say, I'm, I'm in a win-win situation. If they offer me something good, it's great. They don't. I got a great job at TNT. And according to reports this morning, that job at TNT is where he is going to stay. Charles Barkley said it's best for him to move on from the live golf conversations and stay with Turner for the rest of his TV career. 15, I didn't realize Barkley was only 59. Uh, he told ESPN on Thursday, like you just heard, that he had not received an offer. But – he basically met with Greg Norman, said it's a win-win situation. If they offer him something good, that's great. If they don't, he's got a great job at TNT, and that's where he's staying. So that kind of minimizes that report, right? It's over. Yeah, it's it's over. Obviously, they've the live tour has already gotten David Faraday, and the pairing of Faraday and Barkley would oh. have been about as good as anything <laughs> in broadcasting period. But this, of course, is great news for Turner. It's great news for NBA fans that inside the NBA on TNT, nothing's changing. Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day quickly moves on to big story number three. Number three. All right, Kyler Murray had the clause, the study clause in his contract eliminated. So it shows you just how concerned Arizona actually was where they're like, oh, okay, we'll take it out. (laughs) After everyone lost their minds. But I did think I did think Kyler Murray was really good in his press conference yesterday, and this was my favorite cut. To those of you out there that believe that I'd be standing here today in front of y'all without having a work ethic and without preparing, I'm, I'm honored that you think that, but um, it doesn't exist. It's not, it's not possible. <laughs> He's right. He's already undersized. He's already – well uh, – Listen to him. I don't do this often. I don't talk about myself, but today I feel like I have to. And so I'm going to list the accolades. You know, to go 43-0 and in high school in Texas, 
um, go to college, win the Heisman, get drafted number one overall to the NFL, get drafted number nine overall to MLB. Again, no one's ever done it. Offensive Rookie of the Year, two-time Pro Bowler, and you know I'm not I'm not six seven two two thirty. I don't throw the ball eighty five yards. I'm already behind the eight ball, uh, and I can't you know I can't afford to take any shortcuts. No pun intended. You yeah. know th- those are those those things you can't accomplish if you don't take the game serious. If you don't prepare the right way, it, it became. I mean, gosh, I listened to three and out. I listened to John Middlecoff a lot, and you would have thought Kyler Murray ransacked his house the way that he was acting about this. It's like. I would be willing to bet there's some interesting clauses in other players' contracts that if you saw it, you'd think, huh, that seems odd, right? But, And I don't doubt that maybe they thought, hey, we want you to study a little bit more. But if you want them to study a little bit more, four hours a week? <laughs> That's what we were joking. And by the way, someone asked, is it four hours? No, it's four hours a week. It's just it's, – it was kind of ridiculous that that was in there. Yeah, that's one hour – a day, four times a week. Right. And you get an off day on Tuesday. But, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, this Lamar Jackson stuff has kind of started to take off a little bit. Not just his contract, but, you know, Mike Sandoz, QB tears, which he's got to be loving it because it's getting more talk. But the anonymous defensive coach, defensive coordinator that basically said uh, – uh, they were dogging on Patrick Mahomes, right? Yep. Well, all he does is really throw it up in the air. If his first read is taken away, he just plays street ball. Yeah. Um, so the Ravens kind of fired back yesterday on the criticism that Lamar Jackson can't get it done in crunch time. Here's what John Harbaugh said. I don't know who this guy named Anonymous is. You know, I haven't met him yet. So um, I don't even know why we report on what he has to say. But uh, it is what it is. It's just, it's just baloney. It's just nothing. It's a big nothing burger. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson had this to say. I mean, I guess this is what comes with it. When, you, when you're trying to be great, you know, when you're trying to work your tail off, it's going to be negativity. But, you know, they hated Jesus. And I'm not Jesus, so I don't, I don't really worry about it. That's quite quite a leap that we took there on that comparison. I kind of dig it. It was <laughs> exciting, if nothing else. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, speaking of Lamar Jackson, Money-wise, where are we? What's the contract situation looking like? Oh, uh, man, I want to win at the end of the day. You know, I just want to be great. You know, I just want to work with my brothers at the end of the day. I don't want to, you know, leave them out there hanging. You know, that's not me. That's never been me. Uh, let's see. I've got – what else do I have? I got – are you as done with Brandon Staley as I am? Or is that just a me thing? I was done with him last year with uh... – all of the fourth down gambles and everybody talking about how, oh, man, he's so innovative in this and that. It's, well, let's see how innovative he is when he has a season where some of these fourth down gambles don't work out. He'll be uh, on the cutting block. As somebody who has watched a lot of the Week 18 game with the Raiders, yeah, those gambles didn't really pay off. I mean, one time it did, but you had to because you were down two scores. I think that we have full confidence in our team and how we do things, and I think each of those things has a life of its own. That's what I said from the beginning. I know uh, that kind of exploded last year, and um, I do think it's a positive thing for our team because, you know, we want to be aggressive. We want to have uh, a team that's fearless and um, that's not scared to meet a moment. But, I mean, every decision has a life of its own, and you're going to take it case by case. And we have a brand-new team. So to say we're going to do it exactly like we did last year, um, that won't be the case. Okay. Sounds like it's going to probably be the same case. <laughs> I just it's based on what he said at the beginning. Meanwhile, one other cut from uh, training camp, Ezekiel Elliott. I think it is a big season. Um, 
you know, but I think you can't look too far down the road. I think if I focus on, you know, every day, if I focus on having a good day at camp, if I focus on, you know, taking it week by week, uh, I think everything will, will handle itself. And uh, I don't think there's really a reason to look that far down the road. I think if I handle uh, my business every day, then I'll be in a pretty good situation at the end of the season. Taking a lot of grief for his contract, right? Not living up to the hype of it. So it's been a remarkably quiet offseason, though, for Ezekiel Elliott. I haven't heard any of the he's in the best shape of his life comments yet for Ezekiel Elliott, which usually – by the way, speaking of being in great shape, have you seen Jalen Hurts? Looking pretty good. Yeah, he looks svelte. Looks like he's dropped a few LBs. I'm excited for Philly this year. I think they might stink, but I'm nonetheless, I'm excited for him. I don't think they'll stink, but I don't know that they're Fingers good enough to win that division. Yeah. All right, big story number two. Number two. We've been spending a lot of time today talking about – Pac-12 media day and, you know, George Klyvkoff on the defensive to a certain degree. Um, in, in fact, it even got to the point where some said he's, he got frustrated with the line of questioning. Um, I've been spending four weeks trying to defend grenades from every corner of the Big 12. I get why they're scared. I get why they're trying to destabilize us is a very interesting quote. Um. On commissioner relationships, George Klyvkoff, quote, up until very, very recently, I thought the discussions were very cordial. In the last month, that's changed, unfortunately. He hopes that, I guess you could say, solid relationships can be continued. Quote, it's unfortunate if we go the other direction. So George Klyvkoff not holding back in his commissioner statement right now. <laughs> Uh, he's he's confident, it seems, right now. Or at least sharing that idea of confidence. Does the Pac-12 have a better situation than the Big 12? You've got, what, the Bay Area market. You've got Seattle. You've got Portland. Is that better just from a market standpoint than the Big 12? Or is it the, the accumulation of interest in the Big 12 is that greater because TV ratings right would tell us that it is in the Big 12 that there's a greater interest and you've got better programs right now I was called in the Big 12. A, I was called a stupid idiot for putting that poll up the day after USC and UCLA left uh, whenever I asked who's in a better position the Big 12 or the the Pac-12 and of course where we do our show from you know we're in Big 10 country or excuse me Big 12 country uh, it, it makes a lot more sense. I will say, I don't think it's a flex for the Big 12 to say, no one's coming after our people. I don't think that's a flex. But it, it is also kind of interesting when you really dive into it because your natural response is USC and UCLA just left. But you are the Big 10 batting its eyes at Kansas away from being in a tough spot again or anyone else. So, I, again, I think you're as strong as your options when it comes to the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the ACC right now. And the ACC is kind of skirted most of this just because of their grant of rights. A couple of other college notes. Marcus Freeman made the rounds yesterday. He was at ESPN. He was asked the benefits for Notre Dame being independent. You get to play a schedule that is truly coast-to-coast. And, and that's what makes us unique. And you feel like you have a great opportunity every year to make the playoff as long as you win the, the games that you, you have to win. And, and it gives these young people exposure all over the country, and you play great opponents every week. 
Okay. Okay. We'll see how that works. I mean, see, that's what's so obnoxious about Notre Dame. The coast-to-coast schedule thing. It's like, if you join the Big Ten, you can play a coast-to-coast schedule now. Who cares? (laughs) It's that easy. All right. Gets us to big story. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Now, Parker Thune is coming up at noon right here on The Ref to go fully in-depth on this. But it appears as if we have a big night on our hands as it pertains to recruiting. We'll tell you what we know next because you think about this July for Oklahoma recruiting. You've added nine commits so far, more coming. What did Eddie put on here? Jackson Arnold won the Elite 11 MVP, and uh, they're currently in the top 10 ahead of both Clemson and USC. And last night they added Derek LeBlanc, six foot five, 265 defensive lineman from Kissimmee, Florida, chose OU over Florida, went in his backyard and took him. Wow. It's big time. And there had been a lot of buzz around Derek LeBlanc over the last few days in both Florida and Norman, but it's really, really cool to see him commit to OU. And you'll hear a lot of this from from Parker coming up here, Steelman and Thune at noon, but Todd Bates, a big factor in this recruitment. I'll let Parker kind of have the full thunder there and share his thoughts on that, but you can look forward to that coming up at noon. Todd Bates, though, this is a huge win for him, and I think we can kind of say this is an indication of the excitement that Oklahoma fans can have about these types of commits in the future. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll put a wrap on our – I'm sorry, on the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day, some good air comfort solutions, text to get to, and much, much more. It's Plank Show with Josh Helmer on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Oh, are we having another one of these reports from Heartland? Arizona's administration would, quote, like to be in the Big 12 right now. Okay, where is it coming from? It's coming from 247 Sports' Jason Shear, who covers Arizona. Okay. Here's I, – I don't know Jason. I've never talked to Jason. But he's about 0 for 10 in all of his reports so far on realignment and where Arizona is going. And, I mean, go back. Go back and kind of look. I mean, literally, as soon as USC and UCLA left, he's he's kind of been – no, he, he's been one of those dudes It's like, it's imminent, it's imminent, this is happening. Uh, he was a guy that started the meeting report. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado are all meeting with the Big 12 today. And it never – Never materialized. Don't doubt it. Hey, I don't – you know, here's the thing, though, that's going to be interesting is what what do the deals look like? What do the TV deals look like? And if everyone wants to put the Big 12 in position of strength, I believe the Big 12 is in a position of strength. I've always have. I want the Big 12 to survive. But – I mean, 
bringing in Arizona to me simply weakens the Pac-12. I don't know if you're talking – no offense to Arnie's Wildcats, but, I mean, you're bringing in another Kansas in football. <laughs> and, I mean, basketball is good, right? If we're a basketball – great. Huge. Massive. But, yeah, I – this dude's been so all over the map. I don't take too much of what he says right now, to be honest with you. I, I'm not trying to be a douche about it or anything – a jerk about it, but it's okay. Literally, this guy has been wrong, period. Wrong, 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 wrong. But this is, this has been one of my frustrating kind of things with how, how it works now. We don't look at the career record. We just, oh, I like what they're saying. Well, let's go. They said this. I like that. I want that to happen. Let's go. I don't have to look at the history of how wrong this person has been. They said something that fits my narrative. Let's go. Arizona's coming to the Big 12. Hey, (laughs) this is maybe the more fascinating thing, right? And like you said, wrong, wrong, wrong. Nothing's been substantiated here. And who knows where Shear's getting his information or if there's really any accuracy to it, right? Okay. But – is he saying that ESPN pitched the Pac-12 $24.5 million per school annually? That can't be right, right? No, because they'd all be gone. That'd be They'd all be gone. I mean, that is so far – even if they get a substantially lower deal than the rest of the Power Five conferences, which they very well might, right? Or right. it could be comparable to the Big 12 and the ACC – Will be, right? It won't be comparable to the Big Ten or the SEC. No. These deals are going up in the next round of you know, TV rights negotiations simply because it's going up across the board, right? right. I mean, so $24.5 million, it's got to be. I mean, I would think like $20 million more than that just based on all of these deals going up across the board, what kind of Navigate and some others have projected, right? No, but here, everything – Here's what I don't like about these reports. Everything is hedged. Okay, let me read this because it's a fascinating take if it's true. The number I've heard from a few people last week is $24.5 million per school, which is brutal. It's not even close to being good enough. I would say if the Pac-12 wants to keep schools involved, it's got to be closer to the lower 30s as a starting point. Now, it could be a situation where ESPN did that on purpose. That could be the offer we don't really know. It could be a low offer, and then the Pac-12 adds that's uh, other sources to raise the amount, which I think is probably the likely situation. The initial ESPN offer that I've heard is $24.5 million, and that absolutely won't come, won't come close to keeping the conference alive. Or competitive. No. I just uh, – I mean, you're talking about basically the Big Ten and SEC – Making close to five times that per yeah, school. Per school. They're making $100 million per school. And the, the Big Ten is is going to absolutely see more than the, than the SEC. It's just the reality of them getting to market now with that L.A. market. But we'll see. I just – I don't think – I'm not sitting here saying that anyone is absolutely incorrect. I'm sure somebody told you that. But everyone hedges their bets on these things. And – I, I had to go whenever the, whenever I did the CBS sport. I think a lot about how quickly do people come out and and try to say, well, hold on, that's not exactly what I said. 
right? When the Brent Venables thing came out and CBS, or when my Brent Venables report came out and CBS Sports is like, he says it's imminent. I'm like, well, it's not really what I said. You know, I, I basically came out here and said, you know, a lot of people feel like this could happen at any minute. And they think it would be Brent Venables think, if it does. Right, but uh, there's still more – and that that's the latter part isn't what got reported. So what did I do? I went out and kind of fought and said, hey, listen to the whole thing. That's not what I said. Don't mind it. CBS Sports, do what you got to do for your clicks. That's fine. But that's not what I said. The other part of it, though, I would add is, to me, like this dude wants someone to respond. Right? He wants – well, no, that's not close. And in his word, well, I, I mean, if – then show me what it is. I mean, that's that's where you are right now. You just throw something out there. And I don't doubt someone told him that. But people, y'all, the number of folks that are in the circle of what a TV contract number looks like, and then to add to it what these realignment conversations are, it's a very small number of people. It's not a large number of people. No offense. Most of the time, Recruiting sites don't have that, nor do the main sites. It's just the reality of it. It's hearsay. Well, I heard this. Did you? Another guy, I heard this too. Did you? Well, that's two sources. I guess I got to go with this. The fascinating part in all of this is just what is the value of the Pac-12 or the Big 12 now? We, we get it with the SEC and the Big 10, why – they're so valuable, right? They've got the biggest powers in the sport and the highest raters right. in the sport. But to sit here and act like what's you know left over in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 right. is just like this collection of complete scrubs is – it's just not right. And yet you start thinking like if you just approach this from this perspective playing, okay, let's – Starting point, whether it's right, wrong, correct, whatever, right? We've seen $100 million for the Big Ten. That number's gotten bantied about as a per-school payout, correct? Sure. So collectively, if you had to give me a percentage number, percentage-wise, comparing the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, what type of value percentage-wise would you say the Pac-12 has as compared to the Big Ten? Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, but but re- ask it again so I can draw my picture that I need so I can make my little bar graph. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. So, with the understanding the Big Ten's 100 million per school, right? right? If you had to give a percentage figure to the value of the Pac-12 comparably to the Big 10, okay? It's 15% of the value of the Big Ten, or okay, it's okay. 25% as valuable as the Big Ten, or it's 75%. What what percentage number would you say the Pac-12 comparably is to what the Big Ten will be? 30 to 35. Okay, so then – Is that, that – which is right in range with what that number is, 30 right? million, 35 million, right? Okay, what about the Big 12? 35 to 40? Okay, so Am I being way too high? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But isn't that kind of how executives at the hmm. television level – I mean, that's got to be how they're looking at it, right? Yeah, and I think I might be high on both. Well, and ESPN, if that report is correct, <laughs> thinks that, yeah, you are a little bit high. They think they're about 25% of the value of the Big Ten. It's 1135, but I got so many questions on this. 
again, the, the genesis of this is a conversation between uh, an Arizona reporter and Sikkim 365. So it's not like we're talking about the two power players in the league, no offense. But that's kind of where we are right now. I mean, Arizona's not carrying the water for the Pac-12 anymore. It's Oregon and Washington. Baylor, I, I guess actually maybe Baylor is. Maybe they become the stars of this league. I don't know. I don't know. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to call anyone bad names. Jay and Medill. That's that's it's my bad. Kendall Wright's boy Plank is on a heater this week. I have come very. Do you know they had to dump me on Fox Sports Radio the other day? <laughs> really? Yeah. What happened? Well, I I think I told you this. I I combined two words and it was a straight f bomb that ended up coming out of my mouth oh, as yeah. plain as day. That was a couple of weeks. ago, Was that a couple right? weeks ago? Now it all runs together. That's water near that's a bridge wa- somewhere that's, now. <laughs> that's water over a bridge. If you want to ruin analogies. Uh, all right. So we are debuting a new segment when we come back because this show is all about interaction with all y'all and me trying not to get in trouble with my pastor uh, or Joe C and saying dirty words. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. So when we come back, the other goal is interaction and we get great air comfort solutions texts throughout the week. So we're going to hit the best of the week that we didn't get to. We're going to kind of, what do they call it on the Howard Stern show? Cleaning out the computer. We're cleaning out the computer. Is that what they do on the Howard Stern show? I think they take vacations is what they do on the Howard Stern show. It's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, they do do that. We'll get into it next right here on the Home Sooner Fans. All right, we are a step closer to Dan Soder on the Plank Show next week. Comedian extraordinaire, best friend of Mike McDaniel, boyfriend of Katie Nolan, and coming to Bricktown Comedy Club next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Giddy up, baby. Let's go. I've got a contact. Though I will remind you, I got a contact for the Raiders play-by-play gig only to not hear back at all. So there's (laughs) – just getting the contact doth not mean anything. But congratulations to my guy Jason Horowitz who got that job. I like Jason a lot. I mean, I'm better than him, but I – I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, wait, you had the contact for what? The Vegas Raiders needed a radio play-by-play guy. And I was like, eh, I'll reach out. Why not? Why not? It's the Raiders. I never heard back. So it's fine. Really? Yeah, I took a couple shots of um, of of what's the what's our little drink of choice when we're depressed? The people d- d- do at weddings and college kids usually have. Fireball. Oh, Fireball. Yeah, I felt I'm better. on. Felt fireball. Better. Felt a little bit better about that. Well, that sucks. That's, you didn't even a, hear back? That's a joke, Josie. That's a joke, Pastor Adam. I'm just joking. No, it's okay. I heard yeah. back that, hey, yes, I'm the correct point of contact, and that was the response. <laughs> and literally, Jason was hired the next day, so I think I was. You think it was just I think I was a, a done li- deal? I, I, I was a little late to the party. All right, you want to go back on some of these best of the uh, – Air Comfort Solutions text line from the week that was. I do, but can I ask you one more question here? Go ahead. It's tough to find out about some of those openings at times, isn't it? I mean, it's like they're open for a long time before, you know, you really even catch wind of it. Is that kind of what you think maybe happened? Yeah, yeah, no, no. It was open for a bit, 
And they never posted anything publicly. Right. And so it's like kind of already gotten filled at that point. I mean, they're not – I don't know. I don't understand the the logistics of it. But everyone that was involved in the process from people that I – I mean, JT the Brick and and Lincoln Kennedy that I reached out to, no one had any idea who to get in touch with. (laughs) Thankfully, my man Q finally found me an email address. But, yeah, we'll get there someday. Someday I'll be good enough to get an opportunity uh, to call Raiders games. But for now – Nah. Uh, and probably not enough money. You know, it would probably take what's – the, what's the lottery at right now? A billion? Yeah, which you and I will be splitting right, here. That's right. Beginning um, of next week. So it would probably take close to a bill to get me out of here. Shane from Newcastle earlier this week tweeted, should – or texted at us and asked, should we be worried about LeBlanc quote-tweeting Kirk and hook him? I think that that question has been answered for you, Shane, but it does kind of show you where that frustration can be early in the recruiting process. Um, For the 405, when we were having a conversation about transfers for softball, and by the way, in case you missed it yesterday, Oklahoma did officially announce the newest addition to the Oklahoma Sooner roster in Haley Lee. Plank, it's almost like all the best transfers came here. Everyone is bent about it. I said this on Diamond Envy, so I learned something about that this week. And I would completely understand why uh, Elo and the crew over at the In the Circle podcast would have been fired up with some of the information that's been thrown out there. There is a coaching staff that didn't make the College World Series last year, but has in the past. And maybe has some Oklahoma ties. But they are basically throwing it out there as much as they can that Oklahoma's NIL deals is what's getting them all these players. That they're supplementing scholarships with NIL deals. And I'm here to tell you right now that that is malarkey. But it just shows you how one little thing takes off and it's from a coach is, it, well, it's infectious. And everybody's like, well, there's got to be a reason why they're doing this. How can they have any scholarships left? Well, you've had, I, I'm going to try to do the math in my head here real quick. So help me out here, Josh, if I screw anything up on softball. You have five players who graduated, right? You have Taylor Snow, um, Jocelyn Allo, Lindsey Elam, Hope Troutwine, and I'm leaving out somebody. Who, who am I leaving out? Did I say Elam? Anyway, you got five players that have graduated. That, oh, Jana Johns. Jana Johns. Um, you have Alex Waitman, who was on the roster and transferred out, and I think is going to Oklahoma State now. Good for Alex. Um, you have Mackenzie Donahue, who had moved on. I think, and I'm not sure about this, but I'll have to double check, I think there's one other player who is going to medically retire and maybe has but hasn't really made it public yet. And and then you have Pogue's – I almost said contract. Pogue's um, scholarship that's out there that I think was honored through this year. I think. But that's nine players right there. That's nine. Right? So you got a four-person class coming in. I don't even know if they've brought in enough to fill that whole number nine. Right? So – this isn't – what was the term that that old uh, G-Dub brought up? This isn't fuzzy math. 
This is basically Oklahoma replacing the nine players that aren't there anymore. So I, I don't I would if I was a coach at another school, I'd probably be a little bit bitter and jealous too. But making up rumors and throwing them out there like it's been, not not a good look. Anyway, I'm glad I finally got to that. Uh, the ladies' camp looked awesome. Can we get a camp for guys? I'm 40. I'm layman's age. I want to go to camp. That's from Gunny. I, I'm all about it. Didn't wasn't there pre-COVID? Wasn't there rumors of something like that happening, like an adult camp, and it just never really materialized? Or did I dream that? You might have dreamt that. I'll go back though to the softball portion here and just go ahead. say, though enticement, of course, is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. If there is a understanding that happens over time that name, image, and likeness deals once you're at Oklahoma could be in abundance to everybody else in the softball world. I say what I said. I'll say <laughs> what I said uh, previously. Get better. Get better. I think that applies in college well, football a lot it, of places too. Here, here's another thing. Oh, I got so triggered whenever someone told me this. It's like, well, you've heard what this school's coaching staff is going around telling people on the recruiting trail. Okay, number one. Why wouldn't we celebrate something as crazy as NIL being a big enough deal at a school to where the kind of deals that you could get these young student athletes, these these women in sports, wouldn't be exciting? And again, if Oklahoma hadn't won back-to-back national champs and what, for the last six years, then uh, you might be able to say that they're Texas A&Ming it, but they're not. This should be celebrated if there was even the, the, the possibility that collectives and advertisers would want to invest in women's sports like this. Um, let's see. No, that's not worth it. Oh, here was good. Okay. So we were talking about on Wednesday's show. I was very fired up to start Wednesday's show. Do you remember what our topic was to start Wednesday's show? Going back on the new segment, best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line that we didn't get to through the week. I should remember, but no, it's, it's okay. Been it's two okay. Days. I only remember because I wrote it down. We were talking about Kevin Warren and the report of the teams that were interested. Ah, yes, him, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. So we found out that later he hadn't really shown his hand, and that that's just a report from Brett McMurphy, whom, again, like I said, isn't usually someone that makes stuff up. Unless you're an Ohio State fan and you feel like he made the whole thing up and involving Urban Meyer. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, here was just a thought from New York City. Would the Big Ten consider Syracuse? New York City market with tons of fans here since it is the best university for sports in the state. Solid basketball program. To y'all's point, a huge lacrosse school. Similar profile to Virginia, a school many consider the Big Ten to be interested, and people in and around Syracuse consider themselves more as a Midwest area. Yeah, I think that would have been a terrific ad if they didn't have Rutgers. Mm. They probably feel like they have that market. They should have added Syracuse instead of Rutgers. You're probably right. I no, mean, you are right. Been, that would have been a substantial ad. I wonder if Syracuse doesn't have a volleyball team. 
That's a big deal to him. And then one more quick one from the best of the week that was that we didn't get to on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. From the 405, we talked about strengths and weaknesses for Oklahoma in 2022. That was based on a conversation I had on a Tuscaloosa radio station. Strengths, quarterback room, wide receivers room, and running backs room. Weakness, offensive line, defensive line, holding penalties. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Unknown, defensive backs, safeties, and a linebackers group. I like it. Pretty good. We'll wrap the show up next right here on the Home Sooner Fans. Any big plans this weekend, Josh? Golf show tomorrow. And then that's it. 10 8 to noon, by the way, the gimme zone on our flagship 1499.7, the ref. Uh, 99.3 FM, I'm sorry. 99.7 is what it used to be on back in the day. And of course. We got Cardinal baseball this week. Got a big recruiting night tonight for Oklahoma. That's right. Hopefully we, I don't know, come back. Maybe a surprise or two. There, there might be someone with their boots on the ground there tonight covering for you guys. Don't know. Don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But I think there'll be a lot of people lurking to see what might be going on. This is, you know, next week, Tuesday is media day, which means practices likely start next Wednesday. And it's here. We're 36 days, 2 hours, 31 minutes away from the start of the college football season in Norman. We are 28 days away from the start of the college football season, period. We are, gosh, depending on how you look at it, I usually deal in show days. We're four shows away from an NFL exhibition game. And honestly, the biggest story of the summer has yet to drop. And that is Deshaun Watson's suspension, which I can't believe we're sitting here 17 months after this all went down and we still don't know what his penalty is going to be from the NFL. It's ridiculous. Josh, have a great weekend. You too, my friend. We'll all be tuned in tomorrow morning from 10 to noon. I'll be your lead in. You got me tomorrow morning from 5 to 9. Love it. On the ref with Jason Martin. So I'll drink a little extra coffee. For Josh on Plank, show never stops on Twitter at KREF Sports. Steelman and Thune at noon next.